This podcast contains explosive content and polarizing opinions. Listen to discretion is advised. You have been happy. What's up everybody welcome back to dead behind the eyes and welcome back to part three of the star wars series in this one of course we're going to be looking at the sequel trilogy or should i say disney's poor interpretation of what star wars should be so with that i hope you listen and i hope you enjoy So the sequel trilogy. Now, I would probably say that they are worse than even the prequels. They look a hell of a lot better. Well, of course they would. But they just, I I don't like them. And I think it's because Disney, one, they didn't keep the story that George Lucas had written. They decided that they knew better. What it came across as was power hungry people couldn't take someone else making the decisions. So they decided, no, we're not going to go with Lucas's ideas. We're going to make our own story. So that meant they had to start from scratch. And when they started from scratch, they just fucked everything up. So in the sequel trilogy, you have A New Hope. No, sorry, I meant The Force Awakens. Sorry, got to keep remembering that. It's not A New Hope. It's a completely different film, apparently. Then you have The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker problems with that one as well but so we'll talk about the force awakens the first thing i want to talk about is the film artwork that come out the poster this is something that has actually proper annoyed me more than it probably should have but it's properly annoyed me the poster's good right in the fact of you should when you look at a movie poster you should know sort of basically what the film's going to be about and who's the main actors or like characters in it so when you look at the movie poster, of course, you have Ray played by Daisy Ridley right in the middle, like you should do. Then to the left of her, you have Kylo Ren played by Adam Driver. Then to the right of her, slightly smaller than them two, you have Finn played by John Boyega. Now here's my problem, is Finn's character is only slightly smaller than Ray in the poster. So when you look at it, you would say he is as big of a character as Ray. The only thing that his character does that of any significance really is he rescues Poe. And the only reason he rescues Poe is because he doesn't know how to pilot a TIE fighter. The other thing that really annoys me is of course Kylo Ren has got his lightsaber ignited. What has now become a signature lightsaber. That is a problem within itself but you know there was explanations for it. Not sure I'm buying it but we'll let it slide. But Finn's character is holding a lightsaber and he's also got it in a fighting pose so this would tell you that that lightsaber is going to be predominantly used by that character in the film for the actual like runtime of it probably if you cut it all down finn's character does use the lightsaber more but should he be using a lightsaber no so i don't understand why they have that on the poster because it gives a false representation it's false marketing really because if you look to that if you handed that to somebody who knew about the Star Wars universe but didn't know about the films, you would say, right, who is the Jedi? 
they would go straight to Finn. Now, I know there's talks about there is Finn force sensitive, etc., etc. I don't care if he's force sensitive. He's not trained as a Jedi, so he shouldn't be using the lightsaber. That's the first example that you have that Disney didn't know what they were doing. They decide, oh, lightsabers, yeah, that sells merchandise. We just give it to any old Tom, Dick and Harry because that means that we can have multiple different action figures. We can have Finn in his Stormtrooper outfit with blood on his face. We can have him with his helmet off. We can have him with a blaster. We can have him with Poe's jacket on. We can have it with a lightsaber. That's what these movies come out as. To me, they do. Is that they? everything is all about how can we make money? How can we set up merchandise? It comes abundantly clear in The Last Jedi when you have those, I can't remember what they're called, they're like porgs or something like that. They're like little birds and they were purely put in the film to sell merchandise. And I understand everything's a business, but when things are, don't have any significance to a story, it's annoying. Anyway, let's get stuck into The Force Awakens. I think you can see by that rant that these ain't going to be given any sort of slack. The budget for... The Force Awakens was 200 million. That's a lot of money, and when you watch the movie, you can see how that 200 million was spent. Visually, it looks good. It looks amazing. But that's not really why people watch the Star Wars films today. They don't really watch them, them to be visually amazing. That's why so many fan films get so much love, because it's all about the story. Like, I've seen fan films that don't pretty much... They don't have any sort of special effects in them at all. And they're amazing because they tell a good story. It's just where it was lacking on, on these. But the film is set approximately 30 years after the destruction of the second Death Star. In the scrolling credits at the beginning you see that Luke Skywalker has disappeared and that a new force has arisen in the galaxy to take the place of the Empire was basically what was left over from the Empire and that was now being called the First Order. You still have the Rebel Alliance, that's just now being called the Resistance. But I don't understand why there's a New Republic and there's a Resistance. Like the reason you had Rebels, the Rebel Alliance in the original trilogy was because there was no other governing body to fight back against them. But this is supposed to be a governing body that is all about democracy, so why would they let the First Order just sort of mingle about Anyway, we open up with a scene on Jakku with Poe Dameron, who you just know is a resistance pilot. Now, he's been sent to Jakku to go and see a geezer called Lorsan Tekka, who has got a map to Luke Skywalker's location. I, I, it never really told you whether it was a map to Luke Skywalker's location or as a map to the first Jedi Temple. Of course, them two are the same. But if it was a map to Luke Skywalker, then if he was vanishing and didn't want to get found, why would he leave a map to himself? It would make sense that it was a map to the first Jedi Temple, which they believed he was at. But it, I don't really think that's ever addressed. It's just a case of, oh, this is where we're going to find Luke. As the meeting's going ahead, the First Order Stormtroopers come in. You also get to meet Kylo Ren and the captain of the Stormtroopers called Captain Phasma. The most useless character in the whole of Star Wars. People thought that Boba Fett was useless. Least he added to the plot of the stories. Without him, you wouldn't have got sort of like Han Solo being frozen in carbonite, all that sort of stuff. But he added to the plot of the movie. Captain Phasma didn't need her there. Again, 
purely for merchandise. That was shown by how much she was in all the hype material before the film. And then you see her for, what, a handful of lines? Again, I don't understand what they are doing. Poe has an extra mech because apparently all the, all the films need to have sort of like a, a droid companion. So he has his own R2-D2, which is called BB-8. It's a, a ball on top of a, another ball. He tries to flee. Engines get disabled. He puts the map to Luke in BB-8. BB-8 flees. Poe gets captured. Before he gets captured, Poe fires a blaster bolt at Kylo, which Kylo manages to stop with the Force. Another example of Disney not knowing what they're doing. If that was something that Force-sensitive people who had had training could do, then Order 66, a lot of them wouldn't have died because they would have just been able to stop all the blaster bolts because if you can stop a blaster bolt, then it can be redirected as well. So they'd have been able to shoot them all the way back at all the people. So that adds a problem in the Star Wars universe. But we'll carry on. In the squadron of troops that land, you have FN2187, who later we know as Finn. This is his first, we'll call it a battle. It was just his first mission. And he goes to help another trooper that's been hit with a blaster bolt. And that trooper dies in front of him. But beforehand, he lifts his hand up, wipes it on Finn's helmet. Not that helmet, the helmet on his head. And you get that blood smear mark that you've probably seen. Another problem that Disney don't understand. The blaster bolts in every other film don't cause blood. The blaster bolt would cauterize the wound when it hit. It would still do damage, would still kill, but you wouldn't get any bleeding from it because it cauterizes it as it hits. Unless he'd done it another way of like tripping over and, and falling onto something sharp. Like we don't know. But it's perceived that he got hit with a blaster bolt. Because of that sort of, Finn has this big awakening like, oh my god, I hate the First Order, no shit, Sherlock. And he starts to think about what the fuck am I doing here? Kylo has like a little bit of a I'm a badass sort of bit, like don't fuck with me. And then orders the stormtroopers to kill the village civilians that have been rounded up. So all the stormtroopers kill them, Finn just stands by, does fuck all. Because he's had a big awakening, he don't like killing people. Doesn't mind killing people he perceives as bad though. Then they go back to Kylo's Star Destroyer, which is called Finalizer. And Finn gets a little bit all panicky and he has to take his helmet off. And of course he gets told off for doing that by Captain Phasma. First lines of the film. It was worth making all that merchandise. They notice that he didn't shoot all the civilians, so they tell him that he's got to put his blaster in for inspection. And with all this, he realises, you know, like, I need to get out of the First Order, I need to get off this Star Destroyer. Poe gets interrogated by Kylo, who used sort of like a mind trick, but not like a Jedi mind trick. It's like a, I think it's called like a mind probe force power, so he sort of went inside Poe's head and, and took out the information that he needed. And he learns that the map to Luke or the temple or whatever is in the droid. And tells everyone, look, go back down to Jakku, find this droid, I want the map. That's when you meet Ray, because it goes back to Jakku, to this girl who is a scavenger. And she's going through all the fallen Star Destroyers from the Battle of Jakku, which come out as a book. And she's looking for parts that she can sell for food. Because all the parts she has, she takes to this geese called Unkar Pluck who's played by Simon Pegg, which is a little weird one. So she takes her parts to Shaun of the Dead, who gives her these like little food rations things. Like, that's what they look like. They just look like some shit. 
takes him back to her home, which is actually a downed AT-AT. She takes the rationing thing, puts some water in them, and turns into a loaf of bread, some magic. And she hears a noise, goes to investigate, it's BB-8 that's getting captured by this other geezer. And she tells BB-8 where to go, but BB-8 wants to go with her, so that's that thing. It's basically that bit of the film. Then you go back onto the Star Destroyer with Poe and Finn. Finn goes and frees Poe, and they escape in a TIE fighter. Not until Finn has killed a load of the stormtroopers with the TIE fighter guns. Now at that point, he's still known as FN2187, and Poe actually gives him the name Finn because you don't want to call him a number. He then tells Poe that they get taken in as children, like he never knew he had a name. They get taken in really young, and they get brought up within the First Order and trained as stormtroopers. Now this is the thing that annoys me. If he's managed to have sort of an awakening and realise what the First Order is, when he's been there from such a young age that he can't even remember anything before that, then why doesn't he think that the other stormtroopers can also do the same? Why does he just automatically go, oh, I'm good now, they're bad, I'm going to kill them? That's a real problem with his character arc for me. He just straight away decides, no, I'm good now, these are bad, I'm going to kill them. But of course, he's, he's with Poe, he's on the TIE Fighter, they escape. They get chased by some more TIE Fighters, they get shot down as they're going onto Jakku, and they get split apart. And Finn goes back to where he thinks Poe is, and he can only find his jacket, so he thinks Poe's dead. So Finn's walking through the desert, he's taken Poe's jacket with him for the other bit of merchandise that they wanted to sell, and he finds a village, and that's where he sees Ray, because some people are trying to steal BB-8 from Ray, because when she took some more salvage parts to Simon Pegg, he wanted the droid, but she said no, so now he's sent people to come and capture the droid. Finn witnesses this, Ray fucking people up with a stick, but then BB-8 sees Poe, and he recognises the jacket he's wearing as Poe's jacket, and Poe is basically BB-8's human. So Ray chases down Finn, thinking he's a thief, but he says he helped Poe escape from the Star Destroyer, and that Poe got killed in the crash, and he's actually resistance. So that means they now trust him, even though he's a complete stranger. That's when the First Order swoop in and they, of course, want to capture the BB unit. So they try to escape on one ship, but it gets blown up, so they have to escape on the Millennium Falcon. And of course it had to be there, because it helped the bullshit way that they wanted to tell the story. So they escape on the Millennium Falcon. Kylo hears that they've escaped and has a fucking hissy fit. And then this is where you get reunited with Han Solo and Chewbacca. Because as they're escaping, the ship's fucked, basically, and they can't jump to hyperspace. So they get caught in a tractor beam. They think it's the First Order, but it turns out that it's Han and Chewie. Now, there was a lot of criticism about this bit. Like, oh yeah, Han and Chewie just managed to come across the Millennium Falcon. One, how did he lose it? Two, what just happened by chance that they come across it? Like, I agree that I don't know how Han lost the Millennium Falcon. It's not something that he would easily let give away and if it got stolen he would definitely steal it back. But it is revealed that he actually knows where the Falcon is because when it started up it started broadcasting a signature which he knew of course that's his Millennium Falcon and he then goes to it and captures it. It turns out that Han has gone back to his smuggling days and is actually in a bit of trouble from 
two gangs. You have the Guavian Death Gang and Kanji Club. And they both want money from Solo. And that is also revealed how they knew where Han was because they were also looking for the Millennium Falcon's signature. Because, of course, they knew it was his shit. So that's where they knew that where Han was. And that's a problem for me later on in the film as well, which I'll, I'll get to. Han looks like he's going to get killed by these rival gangs, but some stuff that he's smuggling gets released onto the ship, sort of kills everyone, apart from the people that matters, and then they jump to, to hyperspace back in the Millennium Falcon. You then get to see Death Star number three, which is called Starkiller Base, which is a planet that has been converted into a super weapon. It works by sort of draining a star and then it can fire and oh, some bollocks like that. But all you need to know that it is Death Star number three. You then get to see who is behind Kylo, which is a geyser called Supreme Leader Snoke. You see him as a hologram. He's sort of all fucked up, all disfigured, looks a mess. But he's apparently training Kylo, which would suggest that he's got to know about the dark side of the Force. But in any of the films, you don't see him actually use it. Of course, you then later on find out in The Rise of Skywalker that it's Emperor Palpatine. But don't even fucking get me started on that until I get there. Snoke tells Ren that that droid is now on the Millennium Falcon. And of course, the Millennium Falcon belongs to his dad. So that's when you find out that Kylo Ren is the son of Han. He says, you know, fuck dad, and that uh, with like he ain't gonna go back to the light side. Fuck the police, sort of thing. On the Millennium Falcon, it's sort of a bit fucked up and is experiencing some problems. So Han says, like, I know where we can take it, that I can get it fixed. And they go to see a person called Mars Kanata. Han makes a point of saying, look, this woman is an ancient, like she's held her ground for like a thousand years she's like the top dog don't fuck with her you find out this little old woman that all she does is run a cantina that later gets fucked up by the first order like she's not as good as they say she is so they meet maz she says that yeah she repaired a falcon that's all fine finn is trying to actually get away he's trying to go to the outer rim because he says there's no getting away from the first order if they knew what he knew then they wouldn't try and fight either but whatever ray hears this voice and goes to investigate and comes across a lightsaber which is actually Anakin's lightsaber which then become Obi-Wan's lightsaber sort of he looked after it then becomes Luke's lightsaber which he lost on Cloud City when he got his arm chopped off you then get a massive part of lazy writing because Mars tells Han I think it is yeah I think it's Han that she isn't gonna tell him how she happened to get the lightsaber so I gather they left that open because they wanted to release another book or they wanted to release a comic or some just more money-making scheme. Which I don't know if we ever got. I don't know if we ever found out how she got the lightsaber, either in extra material or the films. But while they're with Mars, some people within the cantina, there's somebody that's from the First Order, somebody that's from the Resistance. They contact their respective people. The First Order turn up first. Fuck shit up. That's where Finn uses the lightsaber because it was given to him for safekeeping because Ray didn't want it. First problem, should be using a lightsaber. Nearly gets killed, Han rescues him with Chewie's bowcaster, which is a quality weapon. Oh, I just remembered, I've missed a bit. When Ray put her hand on the lightsaber, she has a vision. She sees Cloud City and sees that Luke 
jeweled Vader there. She also sees Luke placing his metallic hand, apparently now has no skin on it, on top of R2-D2 next to a big fire. Then she's lying on the ground and it's raining. Corpses are everywhere and you see the Knights of Ren and it is, I gather they're the ones that killed everybody. Kylo notices her and comes towards her and just before he reaches her, she sees herself as a child when she's sort of shouting for her parents not to leave her. Then you see Ren is chasing her in a snowy forest and that's when Rey pulls herself out of the vision. We're back to where I was. Things nearly got fucked up. First Order's wrecking havoc. Ray's escapes into the woods with BB. Ren goes after her and she shoots at him with a blaster. But of course, as we know, that blaster fire does fuck all to Kylo Ren. He catches her with the fourth and probes her, probes her mind. Let's not get dirty now. That don't happen until the third one. And he can see that she's seen the map. So he decides to take her with him. Then the Resistance turn up in their X-Wings, led by Poe. There's the other thing that annoyed me. I know they can't fit everything in the film, but they don't even do a nod to how Poe got off Jakku himself. So you see that he's alive, fit as a fiddle, not a problem anywhere. So how the fuck has that happened? Another massive plot hole that they could have addressed in literally a couple of lines of dialogue in the film. But that's just lazy writing. But rather than addressing things that are actually important to the plot of the film, they decide to just give you what seems like gratuitous violence. Seems like there's no real aim to the violence in any of the, the sequel trilogy. At least in the prequels and the original trilogy, there's always a reason why the characters come under blast of fire or have a lightsaber duel. There's always something to carry on how the film is going to go but in this there's there's no need for it like Finn having the fight with the stormtrooper with the lightsaber it's not needed it's completely gratuitous all they wanted to see is a character with a lightsaber that could have been cut out of the film Rey has a fight with a load of stormtroopers in the woods before Kylo Ren catches up with her again gratuitous cut out the stormtroopers just put Ren there they could have cut probably five to ten minutes from the film there in that five to ten minutes, they could have explained how the fuck Poe got off Jakku. They have also could have explained how Mars come to have Luke's lightsaber. But instead, they wanted to show off all their special effects. The Resistance basically win and the First Order sort of flees, retreat with Rey. And then you see Leia and C-3PO for the first time in the film. And Han reveals to Leia that he saw their son. So now you know that Han and Leia have been fucking and they made Kylo Ren. You then go back to the Resistance base. That was another bit that I missed. While all that battle is going on on that planet around Mars and that, the First Order actually fire the weapon on Starkiller base, and they blow up the core world of the New Republic, basically their new Coruscant, killing a fuck ton of people. Well, blowing up the whole planet. And I also believe the whole star system that that planet resides in. So you go back to Resistance base and BB-8 sees R2-D2, C-3PO says, you know, like he's been sulking since Luke fucked off, so he's not going to talk. They get the map from BB-8 and 3PO says, you know, it's only a little bit complete, it's only a tiny bit of it, and it matches no charted system. It's then revealed that the First Order know where the Resistance base is and they start draining the power of the sun again to build up their weapon 
to destroy this world. So the Resistance devise a plan to blow up the base. Finn just happens to be carrying around a set of blueprints for the Starkiller base and he basically says that when the base draws the power from the sun it needs to store it somewhere and the things that it stores it in sort of keeps everything safe so if you just sort of destroy them or unsettle them then that power is going to be released and it's going to blow up the base but of course the base has a shield so Finn, Han and Chewie volunteer to disable the shield before the rest of the resistance crew swoops in you then see that Ray has been taken to Starkiller base and gets interrogated by Kylo just like Poe did but Ray is starting to find out about her force powers and all that sort of shit she's discovering herself yeah and she resists and Ray sort of manages to look into his as well and chat shit about him wanting to be he's just a knockoff Vader which basically what he is Ray then uses a Jedi mind trick that of course she doesn't know how to use she doesn't even know that that's a thing but apparently she just does now because the force not only makes you be able to do all these magical things it also apparently tells you how to do them all as well so what's the fuck the point of the Jedi order why do they need to be trained if apparently we need to go as oh I'm force sensitive I know how to do everything Disney not having a clue again so she used the Jedi mind trick on the guard he lets her go drops his gun cool little cameo that stormtrooper is actually played by Daniel Craig who is James Bond and his stormtrooper number is actually JB007 cool little thing there so she escapes tries to find a way to get off the planet Ren has another hissy fit when he realizes she's escaped and that's when you get like a little bit of humor where a couple of stormtroopers are going to walk by but they realize that Ren's fucking shit up with his lightsaber having a fit so they just turn around and think nope I ain't fucking dealing with that now this is where I get annoyed again because there's no continuity within because Disney haven't looked at the film and does it work together before they fucking released it because Han pilots the Millennium Falcon to Starkiller base now as I said previously the reason that one Han knew where the Millennium Falcon was and then respectively the two rival gangs knew where Han was was because the Millennium Falcon lets off a signature that all these people are looking for now Ren knows that the Millennium Falcon is his dad's ship and he knows how, how important that ship is so you'd think the First Order would be scanning for that signature as well obviously fucking not because they don't even know that he's there they only know that he's there because Ren senses that he's there another load of bullshit so Finn wants to rescue Rey I think that's basically put in the whole plan in jeopardy just because he wants to rescue her and I don't really understand why you'd make that a priority when you know you've got a whole fleet waiting for you to do something but on the way to sort of finding out all this stuff of where she is where to put the shields down all that bollocks they come across Captain Phasma the useless stormtrooper I should call her and they overpower her and they get her to disable the shields now if she was a captain then I don't think that she would have done that. I think that she would have rather died than help them. But I think that was too easy and I don't understand why they wrote her as such a weak character. But after they've done that, they reunite with Rey because they find her just trying to escape and then they try and get off the planet themselves. Then the fleet come down and there's two squadrons of X-Wings. This annoys me as well. You have Blue Squadron, and red squadron and they're led by poe who they say is black leader so why isn't it blue squadron 
and Black Squadron, or Red Squadron and Black Squadron? Why is he leading this assault without his own squadron? I don't understand that one. Another little hole, just that I gather they wanted to have Poe as the head of something, but he could have been Blue Leader or Red Leader. Like, don't know why they had to make him different from the squadrons that were attacking. They then try to attack the part of the base that they know that would end up destroying it, but they can't get to it. So they message Han, Finn, Chewie and Ray to go and sort that out, and they go and set charges and blow a big hole. Before they blow a big hole, Ren senses that his dad's there, goes to where they are, and they sort of have a little meeting, and you can see that Ren's conflicted, he doesn't know whether to stay with the dark side or go back to the light side. He basically ends up killing his dad, just so he can cement himself into the dark side. But again, if they had just stopped all the gratuitous violence that they had done, that scene could have been a lot better, because it felt a bit rushed, just, oh dad, like, I don't know what to do. Oh, I'm going to kill you, now I'm fine. Like, that was basically it. Rather than what could have been a really in-depth, emotional part of the film, it was just, oh, Han's dead now, is he? This is witnessed by Ray, Finn and Chewie. Chewie loses his shit. Of course he is, like, this is his best mate for, like, basically his whole life. Leia senses that Han's been killed and has to have a sit-down, and then back on the Starkiller base, they blow that big hole. Poe flies in with his X-Wing, fires a shitload of torpedoes, blows up what they needed to blow up, then gets the fuck out of Dodge. Meanwhile, Finn and Ray have chased Ren into the woods, the snowy forest that she sees in her vision, to sort of have a battle with him. Now, Ren is actually damaged because Chewie was so pissed off, he fired a, one of his bowcaster bolts at him and hit him in the stomach. Fucked his shit up, but he still managed to do whatever he's going to be doing, so... Obviously not that much. Like we see people get shot by that and fly like 20 feet through the air. But Ren gets hit with it and he just goes, Ooh, and carries on. They start having a fight and they have a bit of a slanging match. Then Ren force pushes Ray into a tree, knocking her out. And that's where Finn pulls out Luke's lightsaber and starts to attack him in a, in, in a rage. Before that though, Ren is really angry and screaming at Finn like, you're a traitor, like all that sort of stuff. And I don't like that. Like, why would Ren give a fuck? You can't tell me that he's the first stormtrooper that's deserted from the First Order. So why is it now such a big deal? Anyway, they're fighting, and Finn manages to actually hit him with the lightsaber. Nothing bad, just a glancing blow. But Ren has been trained since he was young. One, how to use the Force. Two, how to use a lightsaber. So I can't see why Finn would be able to do what he did. Yeah, Ren was damaged a little bit. Well, not a little bit, quite a lot, but he still would have been able to easily outpower Finn. The only explanation that I have is that Finn is Force-sensitive. He doesn't know about it, but he's sort of, he's pissed, he's seen Han die, he's seen, seen him throw Ray into a tree. But he's not happy, so he taps into the dark side. I, I'm not sure, I'm I, not sure. I'm trying to, I think I'm trying to find excuses for their poor writing, but it is what it is. So Ren overpowers him and fucks his shit up by cutting his back. I say fuck his shit up, but it's not as much as it should be. And I think this is the main problem with these whole sequel trilogy is Disney doesn't know how the Star Wars universe works. Everyone else knows that lightsabers are powerful things. And as we've seen in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, they can cut through humans like they're not even there. But all of a sudden, bit of human skin offers 
as much resistance as one of, as those blast doors in a Phantom Menace, and barely even, well, I say barely even, causes him a fuck ton of damage. But he should be dead. He should be nearly chopped in half. Ray wakes up, force pulls the lightsaber, and because Ren has been damaged by Chewie and Finn, Ray sort of has the upper hand, sort of. But he gets pissed off, which of course fuels the dark side, makes him a little bit better because he realizes that he probably can't beat Ray at this point, even though that she's never been trained in lightsaber dueling. But she seems to be pretty handy with a stick, so she can probably deal with herself. I'll let that one slide. He then tries to tempt her to the dark side to join him, that he can train her, all that sort of bollocks. But it sort of backfires because then it only just reassures Ray that she is quite powerful and she starts like using the force to help her. Ultimately, Ray is able to overpower Ren and deals like a severe wound to his face while cutting his lightsaber in two. Ren's been fucked up too much so he can hardly even stand. Ray then thinks she can use this opportunity, you know, she can end Ren, and then that would save us from another two grueling films that were good because they were Star Wars, but bad because they weren't Star Wars. But just as she goes to do that, Starkiller Base starts to explode, and a big chasm opens up between the two of them. Again, that's fucking lazy writing. It was like they were writing it, they gone, yeah, that's good, that's good, and someone's gone, but that means that Ray would easily be able to kill Ren, so why wouldn't he just be dead? And they've gone, ah, oh, shit, yeah, why Why wouldn't have she just killed him? Oh, it's because a massive crater opens up between them, obviously, and then she can't get to him, even though that we've seen in numerous films, numerous television series, numerous comics and books that people can force jump and they can propel themselves a lot further than a normal person. And Ray definitely would be able to do that because she'd managed to do everything fucking else, so she'd be able to do that too. Oh yeah, that's fine then. Yeah, that explains everything. Leave it as it is. So fucking dumb. So Ray then goes and gets Finn. Chewie comes with the Millennium Falcon. They fuck off. Snoke tells Hux to go and get to go and get Kylo and get off the planet so they can sort of heal each other. And then they go back to the Resistance base. And just at that point, again, lazy writing just because they needed to happen. R2 wakes up and shows them the map, and BB-8's got the other bit, and they put it together. They know where Luke is. They then, for some reason, decide that Ray should go, even though, why would Luke listen to some strange bitch that's just turned up on the planet where he's living and go, oh yeah, okay, I'll come back then. Wouldn't it have been better? I'm not saying Ray couldn't have gone, I'm just saying, wouldn't it be better if Leia had went as well? Like, I'm sure she had a second in command that could have dealt with the resistance while she was gone, you know? But anyway, Ray and Chewie go with R2. They go to the planet, and it ends just her handing out the lightsaber to Luke on top of a cliff. Now I think I definitely have made it clear that this film has a lot of problems, but it only has a lot of problems because I feel that Disney didn't know how to write a Star Wars film. I'm not saying it would have been any better if George Lucas had written that film, I'm just saying it would have been better than what Disney had produced, because the idea they had just doesn't work. The whole idea of the sequel trilogy doesn't work. They should have gone with Lucas's original idea which was that Darth Maul was the big enemy, and, and it just would have been better, okay? But I think I talk about that in, in part four. But I'm saying if George Lucas had wrote the film around this idea, it would have been better, because he knew what should be happening and how things should work. Because the story's weak. The story has plot points, has character flaws. The characters, their arcs are poorly written. 
if you was watching it as its own film, you might give it like a five or a six. If you're watching it as a Star Wars film, you're giving it a two or a three. It is poor. The only thing that's good about it is it looks good and it should look good with the budget they had. I think the acting is quite poor as well. I think the acting is better than the original trilogy, but of course it can be excused for one, the time, and two, because the films were just better. But the worst thing is, is Ray. I can't get into that character because Daisy Ridley brings me out of the experience every time I try to watch him because I'm not saying I could do any better, just that her acting doesn't keep me in the moment. There's so many flaws in this film, I, I could sit here for hours just talking about that one, but we need to move on. This episode has been going on so long that I think I might have to actually break part three down into separate parts itself. Now this was the worst one to me so probably the next one will include both The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker but this one's already been going on for about 35 minutes at this point so I'm going to end this one here and we're going to cover the next two next Friday. So with that thanks for listening I hope you enjoyed it and if you want to contact me you can contact me on instagram at dead behind the eyes podcast on facebook just at dead behind the eyes or you can email me at dbte.podcast at gmail.com so that's the first letters of dead behind the eyes dot podcast at gmail.com if you enjoyed this episode consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you've been listening to this podcast. This episode was written, hosted and produced by me, William Robbins. Music was by Darren Curtis, Adam Vatovsky and The Shadow Guard. And I hope you join me on Monday for another episode of The Broadsheet where we have a look at the previous week's news. So thank you for listening and join me next time for a new episode of Dead Behind the Eyes.